They say that all in love is fair Oh, but you don't care You'll know what to do When it gets hold of you I don't need it when I'm going. Well, you have to change everyone else's life again, is that it? Maybe next time you'll pop up in some mansion while I end up in Tijuana doing some donkey act. You know what? I'm over it. Every time I try to help someone, everything just goes to shit. Well, don't give up now, Slick. Hell, you've already done so much for me. Why don't you go back in time and save Mrs. Halpern and her baby? And then maybe Lenny wouldn't freak out and ruin my family. No, go back to when I'm seven and fuck me in front of my daddy's video camera. Straighten me out a bit. Thank you, I Fight Dragons, for our wonderful theme song that they so graciously let us uh, use. Uh, my name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and oh, with me is... Uh, I'm not sure if you're my Thumper or you're my Lenny. Oh, no. You could be either uh, one. God, I, w I, I want the attributes from Lenny, but I also like the attributes from Thumper. <laughs> I, like, I like Thumper's big dick energy. Like, that, I have never seen a character before that I'm like, that is what big dick energy looks like. Yeah. <laughs> Completely. Uh and with us, uh, also, his lovely wife and our wonderful co-host that brings uh, just that little bit of what the fuck to our show. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Ann Asville, how are you doing, Ann? Uh, I'm so appreciative of the what the fuck-ism. <laughs> literally, our only shirt came from you. The, the Time Machine Big Dumb Sexy Baby shirt, available yep. now. Oh, we'll see what we can come up with this episode. Oh, I'm sure. Uh, Ethan Souple with his hair just really big on his shirt. <laughs> uh, also with us, uh, my lovely wife, uh, Jennifer Howland, uh, sometimes uh, host of the show. Hey there. <laughs> <laughs> and special guest, all of Graphically Novel is here. He said he wasn't going to come on the show because... And we'll get into it a little bit. You, <laughs> you hate time travel. Movies. I am not a time travel fan. Yeah. It, it takes something special um, for me to actually appreciate time travel. And um, I this this is something special. This is something special, all right. <clears throat> uh, so today we will be talking about the butterfly effect uh, from 2004. Um, I am going to throw it directly to Anne because, uh, and and then Jen because this is the first time either of you have seen it, correct? Yes. Yes. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> dramatic pause. <laughs> so Anne, um, take it away. What do you think? Legit. You know, with all the melodrama of a soap opera, it could have been a little less fucking depressing. It's true. Right. Wow. Says says the woman that watches Korean soap operas. Oh, listen, coming <laughs> about a rich mom offering some poor girl like a million fucking dollars 
And then the girl gets so offended. She's like, no, I'm going to stay with your son and throws water in the face. It's just, there's a visceral satisfaction. Por que no dos? God, I wish your mother would have offered me a million dollars. I love you, baby, but I got bills. (laughs) (laughs) Also, uh, yeah, take that million and what could she do to stop me? Right. Take that million and fly me out to see you on the down low. That's right. (laughs) Legit, before I play the movie, I asked Anne, was like, do you have any general idea of what's going to happen? Oh, no. Literally what I typed out was, Ashton Kutcher plus time travel plus that rad dude from Boy Meets World, Mallrats, and my name is Earl. Also some blonde chick. And then it started and I added, I was right. It's Amy Smart. She got to make out with Ryan Reynolds. Yep. <laughs> she sure did. She sure did. Uh, and uh, and also... Total of my knowledge. <laughs> uh, wow, you, you actually had more knowledge than I did. I saw commercials, you know. I surmised. I did and... not. Also, also, Eldon Henson, our, our much-loved Foggy from uh, Daredevil. Yes. Uh, you mean Fulton Reeves? Who? <laughs> the Mighty Ducks. Oh, my God. Was he in the Mighty Ducks? He's one of the Bash Brothers in the Mighty Ducks movies. I'm sorry. I, I was just so humbled by the acting genius that is Joshua Jackson that I can't remember any other person. That is fair. Joshua Jackson <laughs> is wonderful. Yep, because we we actually don't need a, a we don't need a Mel Gibson anymore. We have a perfectly good good Jennifer uh, Joshua Jackson. <laughs> you almost said me. I almost uh, Joshua uh, Jennifer Jackson. No, I thought you were going to say Jennifer Holland. <laughs> j- 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 we have a perfectly good Jennifer Holland. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jen, first time. Um, yeah. For some reason, I had it in my head that this was an M Night Shyamalan Llama Ding Dong movie. <laughs> So I was um, unpleasantly surprised in that aspect. Uh, but you, you were waiting for the weird plot twist that never yeah. came. Yeah. Well, I mean, it happened again and again and again. Like I got stabbed, and someone just decided to play spin the bottle you with a knife in my plot belly. Twists. Jesus yeah. Christ! <clears throat> yeah. So um, I really, obviously, had no idea. I mean, I knew that Ashton Kutcher was in it. And I knew that it was a time travel movie because we were watching it for this podcast. Right. Obviously. Yes. (laughs) And I didn't, I honestly had no idea. Like in my head, it was like more about like the environment. Okay. (laughs) Um, Well, you will uh, then not be surprised to hear that based on the trailer and everything, you had the exact same thought process that many people in 2004 when they saw the trailers for it did. no one was expecting this movie. This movie was the Spanish Inquisition of 2004. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I'm sure that I did see that, like, at some point saw the trailer for this yeah. movie in 2004, or before 2004, but I didn't go to movies a lot in the theater at that stage. It was, okay, so I sent it to the list earlier. Um, I didn't play it for Bear because I forgot before the show. It is very early 2000s. Like it's it's got that like black screen with the white letters that are moving like you wouldn't steal a car like <laughs> going going some people want like want to live in the past and some people want to change it and then it goes into stains it's been a while <laughs> <laughs> I didn't watch the trailer oh yeah it is 
it is an experience. Uh, you and everyone else listening, go and watch the Butterfly Effect trailer on YouTube. Whoo, yeah. <laughs> it's well, maybe I maybe I didn't see it. I I should watch it because maybe I didn't see it. Maybe you didn't because I just need people to understand. In two thousand four, I had small children under the age of yeah. Yeah, you're not getting anything done with that kind of schedule. No, especially yeah. not this movie. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, so, uh, Will and Bear, how long had it been since... Oof. I think I saw this movie not long after it came out. And so in 2004, I would have been, what, 27? Yeah, I was in Los Angeles. And I was... Still working at the bar, I think. So you there were. was not a lot of sober time. That was it. That was in the the dark times. I'm sure this movie was on during some drunken. Yeah, what the I, fuck I is mean, happening. or or we we took it like made it a, a bag of popcorn night. Oh, that's true. At, you know, yeah. one of the local movie theaters, um, which is a story we may or may not get into. Yeah, it was. It has been forever, and all I remember is that the basic premise, which is uh, I have mind time travel abilities, but I had forgotten that they basically just kind of walk their way through every possible childhood trauma somebody could have Uh, while they were doing it. Yeah, uh, we haven't gotten too much into it, but I did want to say at the top of the show, and I forgot, uh, trigger warning for everything. Um, Sexual assault, incest, suicide, murder, animal cruelty. uh, Uh, Everything, everything. Yeah, everything, Uh, everything. Hazing. Hazing, Um, yeah just greeks in general yeah, like yeah. not not greeks the people of uh, greece stalking yeah um, yes. yep yep mm-hmm. neo-nazis yes neo-nazis absolutely yep. yep um canadians playing latino characters. <laughs> also true which you didn't know we'll talk about that but anyway uh so watching it this time uh it, it, well will how long have it been since you had seen it Oh my God, it's been over 10 years, I think. Yeah. Um, I saw it when I, like, soon after it probably came out on DVD. Probably, I think I picked it up on, like, Family Video or something like that, maybe. Because it's 2004 or 2005. I have the feeling, like, rental places still existed when I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think I went to the theater for it. Mm, Yeah, that would make sense. And honestly, if I was doing like some kind of like video store staff picks, this would be in my time travel niche lineup. Wow. Yeah, this is it's yeah. definitely why it ended up in in my top five, which is why it ended up in our top five. Um, I think this was like Time Machine, I think, came in because I hadn't seen it, but you were pushing for it. This came in because you were like, I remember liking it. I'm like, yes. And I remember really liking it. And I had a fresh take on time travel. And Boy, howdy does it. <laughs> um, I remember the basic premise. And it had probably been, probably about that, probably about 10 years since I had seen it. But I watched the director's cut, which we will talk about towards the end of the show. Because I have all of what the director's cut added in all of its six minutes of glory. And I was wrong about one part. So, okay. okay. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like there's going to be a dramatic pause in the episode while oh. we watch stuff and then come back and talk no, about that. No, no, he'll yeah. just describe it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I, so can can we start with hot takes? Yeah, <laughs> and yeah right by in. all means. Do, is this, by definition, a time travel movie? Come on. I, I, that is, that is one of the questions that I had. The character does not actually, as he is in present day, 
go to the past. He basically hops bodies. Well, he he projects his consciousness into his past self. Right. So how are we defining time travel? And is this, would this be included? Because it's not a time loop, which right. we, in episode zero, we talked about all time loops and yeah. said they do not count for this show. But so, I don't know. I don't know. That's a good question. Well, I mean, mainly that question is aimed towards Will, because I think that, you know, I think that you have, you know, have established yeah. what you consider to be time travel. And so I'm curious what your thoughts are. I think since it's in a supernatural means, but it's only going to be affecting him and the localized area, I guess it's localized temporal dial-in. Okay. Like, much like uh, with that, what was the movie, Frequency, I guess? Yeah, I was just going to say yeah. the one where he's got the radio and he dials back and talks to his, like, grandpa or whatever in World War II. Probably his dad. I would establish oh, was it his dad? Okay. Because he is doing cumulative damage to his brain every time he chooses to travel. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is honestly my biggest problem with the end of the movie, this this ending, is that his doctors basically say, I'm, I'm surprised he can walk. Then he does it again, and then he's fine, like seemingly fine. Like they show him seven years later. Yeah, so, yeah he's just a vegetable at that point. Yes, absolutely. I See, I disagree, though, because he went back in the, in the theatrical ending. He went back to the point. He found the old home movie and went back to the point where he first met her, right. this is before he ever started having blackouts. So this would be, honestly, the one and only blackout. In all the other, except for one, all the other, actually, no, that was the one. In all yeah. the other iterations, he had journals. So mm. then the journals only existed because he started having lots of blackouts. But he burned the journals mm. at the end. Yeah, I think that was just, I don't Weird. know what that was. Yeah, that was, yeah. they think, shouldn't have existed. Yeah, right. It so, was Hollywood. This is my yeah. problem with that that ending. I, I I feel that the the original ending, as it was intended, tied up things a lot better. Well, and I have to agree with Bear. Like that does explain a lot because if he went back to the time where he first met the girl, mm -hmm. and that was the only blackout that he experienced, his brain his future self wouldn't his have future self wouldn't have the right. cumulative damage. damage. Yeah. Right. That's a fair point. That is a fair point. But does it count as time travel? I, I agree with what Will was saying that and and that it's localized and there is there is physical representation that he did it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he always comes back with scars. Right. Right. Whether it was well done time travel, that's a whole other question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. He's I, to establish that it was time travel. I heart you, Anne. <laughs> <laughs> it was poorly done. But, <laughs> okay, we'll accept it. That's why they piled on all the melodrama, so you paid attention less to that. Right, thing. yeah. Pay less attention to our science that's not there. He's in danger! <laughs> it's, it's a genetic uh, anomaly that allows him to do it. His, his dad father... called it a curse, though. Well, so, I mean, yeah. yes, but... His dad was but... locked in the asylum for life at the time, so... Yeah. Right. Well, also, your genetic pre-existing ability to have. Right. It is, but so, okay, that brings up another question that I hadn't really thought of. I mean, assorted it, but so was the idea that his dad just wasn't smart enough to figure out how to use it? Yeah. Okay. I mean, his dad obviously screwed some things up and, and, and Evan is living in the reality that his dad created. Right. 
Oh, yeah. Then again, Evan doesn't really, I mean, he fixes things to a degree, but it also excludes his dreams at future happiness with Kaylee. What was weird to me when watching this, and I don't know if this is so much of a hot take as it's just like a question that I have. So y'all know I'm a BTS fan because I'm all about the Korean and Asian everything. In the Bangtan universe, which is like the separate storyline that BTS follows in their music videos, there's a similar thing happening. There's a whole video game about it and everything where Jin, who is like the oldest member of BTS, he also inherits this ability from his father, which we have inferred through a lot of different references. And he's tasked with, in this alternate reality, saving all of the other members from their horrible fate. And it deals with things like the butterfly fly effect because he keeps trying to save people and failing. And then he goes back to try to save them again, but things have changed from his influence. So I just like oh. feel like I need to write a huge letter to Big Hit being like, so did you guys take this idea from the butterfly effect or like <laughs> what? Did you rip it off and do it better? Because I was going to say, did they do it better? Because it sounds like oh, they did. <laughs> and it's definitely a lot more subtle. It sounds like a, a combination of the butterfly effect and final destination from the way you just described it. It, it sort of is. I don't know final But also just the like inherited you, ability. You will. You don't. No, no, no. His friend was like, I'm let I'm writing a letter to Bang Shi Hyuk. Like, so this idea. <laughs> did you watch the butterfly effect? Where did this come from? <laughs> because I mean, how how old is the oldest member of BTS? Jin is almost 30. Okay. The storyline started when the band started in 2013. They debuted, so it's been 10 years, but well after this movie was released. Yeah, okay. nine years after this was released. Okay, write the letter. I want to know. <laughs> I, I, I have I have a draft saved. So okay, good. <laughs> so it, I feel like in to to talk about this movie coming out in two thousand four, um, it is impossible to separate it without talking about Ashton Kutcher during this time, um, because <laughs> this movie for him to be in it came out of fucking nowhere. But was Here, he doing like that 70s show in Punked? Yeah. He was right? he had been on one episode of Punked. He hadn't taken mm -hmm. it over yet. Got it. Uh he was on that 70s show that was started in 1998. So he'd been doing that for six years. Mm -hmm. He was in Dude Where's My Car oh in my 2000. Fuck. And the year before <laughs> this came out, he had his two like rom-coms, Just Married and My Boss's Daughter. Ooh. Uh, yes. And then the butterfly effect. I feel like disingenuous going, uh, because both of those trailers for those rom-coms turned me off so much that I never watched either. Yeah. But still, I'm just like, uh. Well, hi, rom-com. Yeah, um, yeah it, Jen just doesn't do rom-coms. But I, I feel like, I mean, there's a little bit of me, and it's probably the maternal part of me, that said, oh, he really, you know, he had an opportunity here to prove himself as a dramatic actor and he didn't really make it in my eyes. It just didn't quite feel like he was. No, if, if you want that move forward in his career, there's a movie called The Killers. That's an action movie that is fantastic that he's in. Oh, um, that is a good movie. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good movie. But I, I, I feel this is a good movie, but I do feel that it was 
wildly out of character for who he was. Yeah. You know, actor-wise at the time. And that's actually a good move for him. Yeah. Because it moved him out of being the goofy dummy. Yes. You know, it gave him a role for a, a character who was intrinsically very intelligent. Well, and... Uh, academically. Right. Well, and for... for um, So Ashley Kutcher grew up in this area. Um, he went to this a, area being Cedar Rapids, Cedar Iowa. Rapids, Iowa. He he went to Amana, Clear Creek, Amana, um, and I know people that uh, interacted with him um, that basically say that the the butterfly effect movie is closer to like who he was. So he wanted a role that was closer to him, like he had been known for being this goofy dude for so long. Yeah, um, I was wondering about that because that's. Roughly about the same time that we were getting movies like, you know, Road Trip and Barely Legal and... And he was offered, like, he was offered the Stifler role uh, originally. Oh, really? Yeah. And didn't didn't take it, which, good for him. Because while I love some some Sean William Scott, that's a very different career move. Yeah. Um, Well, and I have to say that it does, I mean, as a person not a character. It does kind of play out in my mind because he ended up marrying Demi Moore, which lover or hater, I think she is a fantastic person. And uh And then Mila Kunis. Yeah. Who I think is a fantastic yeah. person. Yeah. Uh I mean he surrounds himself with good people. Right. Is what I'm trying to say. Right. <laughs> um but anyway, the Ashton Kutcher hate actually hit this movie. Like, I remember a lot of people did not go to see it or, or were, were dunking on it. Um, but the hate did not uh, really affect it too much. $13 million budget, uh, $17 million opening weekend, $96.8 million global. Holy um, shit. Yeah. That's, wow. That is known as a smash. There was yeah. a sequel made. I have not watched it. Uh, and I probably sequel. will not. Wait. Uh-oh. Oh, I no. don't remember it. But I believe it went straight to DVD. Was yes, it absolutely did. It had that hurt on a visceral level. It me. had the actress who played Lois Lane from the Smallville series in it. Oh no! <laughs> oh no, not Kirsten Kirik. Uh, you're talking about Lois, uh, which yep. different actress? Oh. We just watched that the other night for our Superman episode that's coming up. Lois, <laughs> wait, Lois. From, Lois Lane from Smallville. Smallville, right? Okay, because I'm like Terry Hatcher. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <that> Dean Kane. <laughs> Dean motherfucking Kane. By the way, uh, a little spoiler for uh, when we do our Superman episode. Lois and Clark holds up. All right. I dislike Superman a lot, and I still remember enjoying episodes of that show. Yes. Um. And same. I and about five. Yeah, same, man. I, I really am not a huge Superman fan. And um, although, so we, the, the premise is we watch the pilot and then we watch like the internet's selected best episode. The internet doesn't know the fuck what it's talking about. <laughs> I mean, we all know that. But I'm here saying it publicly on record. The internet doesn't know the fuck what it's talking about. Because oh, the shit. episode they chose was, it blew hard. Oh, <laughs> Yeah. Are you talking about the Lois and Clark one or the Smallville yes. one? 
The Smallville one. Oh, the Smallville one, yeah. The yeah. one where they introduced Black Kryptonite for the one episode. Huh, just it to... was just like, it was so all over the place. I was like... It existed nowhere else in Superman canon. Yeah. Yeah. Let's remember that was on like what the CW or some shit. Well, it was the W. It was the pre CW, right. which was it was trying real hard to be the CW. Well, it was built off of Buffy. Yeah. So I understand, but Buffy Buffy did melodrama much better, and you know I am a fan of. Bu- okay, I know I'm getting way. I will turn here. on second season of Buffy to show you the Buffy angel scenes. Okay. Don't you tell me. Like to punish his female characters for having sexuality doesn't mean Buffy wasn't a great show. Right. Just means Joss Whedon's a piece of shit. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you fucking created piece of shit. I hate you so much for doing but things I that I love and then I hate you. Well, and then and then being a, a scumbag. Yeah. Like. Yes, that's I what can, I mean. I can yeah. still hate you for being a person. Yes. Yes. I can love what you do and hate you for hate you oh, as a person. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um. So one of the other notes that before we get too far off, t- too late. Um. <laughs> I want to talk about how mental health is represented in this movie mm. because the answer is not well. Uh, the answer is was... oh, do you have a problem with your brain? We're going straight to an asylum where you are tied down and drugged up. Right. Right. Well, I mean. Uh... <laughs> Well, monkeys wasn't great. No, but to here's the thing that actually portrays a time that that is actually more compassionate than what was happening yeah. at the time in this country. That's true. Because there were people who were with mental health issues who were institutionalized who were just basically given a change of clothes, ten bucks, and a bus pass, and said, "Good luck." Ah, uh, Reagan. Better than an ice bath. But you also have to... I don't know. I'd take an ice bath and a roof over my head. (laughs) Shock therapy in all ways. Oh, you know. There's a whole movie about that. (laughs) It's not even... They're not portraying him. And it sucks, for sure. Mm. But they're not portraying him as, like, the typical person that's presenting with, like, depression or suicidal ideation. They're representing him as someone who is suffering from paranoid schizophrenia. Mm-hmm. Although I still think it's funny because you have the movie Donnie Darko, which came out shortly there, shortly prior to that, who was also experiencing time travel anomalies, mm-hmm. also presenting with very definite paranoid schizophrenic tendencies. And because his parents are like rich yuppies, he's seeing this private psychotherapist and just taking meds. So on our list, maybe it's because his mom Donnie Darko doesn't have the resources for treatment. Right. Right. But see, it's weird because he's apparently being seen by the same doctor that's that's treating his father. Well, because at that point, he's a specialist because they're thinking that there is something in common. Right. But but that may also be the only mental institution in town. So that tells me it's a research facility. Possibly. Or a teaching hospital. Well, and I. okay, so. I'm going to say clumsily done before I ask this question, but was this movie trying to make a statement about that? Because the person that doesn't go to an institution is Tommy, who arguably has antisocial personality disorder. He does go to an institution, but not... I thought he went to juvie and he went to jail. Okay. Which timeline? This is what I'm talking about, because an institution, juvie is an institution. It may not be a mental 
health institute. Okay, a mental health institute. You yeah. knew what I was saying. Because uh, Lenny goes to a mental health institution. Right. Tommy goes to juvie and jail. He goes to jail. I recognize that Tommy has antisocial personality disorder, though. I yeah. think he's a product of his environment, especially when we first see him. Consider yeah. the fact he has watched his father sexually abuse his sister from a young age, trapped in that environment, seeing him using her, and then he sees his friend who right. has been similarly. And I can see how that, I, I don't condone killing dogs, but I can right. see how that would trigger a pr- protective response in him. He's been unable. I don't know that it's a protective <laughs> response. I think he's in love with his okay. sister, but. Well, yeah, and I think to add on to what you said, Anne, I think that not only has Tommy had to been forced to watch his father treat his sister a certain way, I think he has been forced to been be with his sister. I think, yeah. He did terribly the entirety of his existence. And if we act because of the changes of the movie, as if that hasn't informed that first generation of them, I don't think we're being judged. Yeah. And are they, are they twins? No. Is he older than her? Is Tommy older than Kaylee? I think Tommy is a little younger. He seems to be smaller and younger. Yeah. Well, and she seems very protective of him, which would be indicative of an older sibling. An abusive household. Generally. Yeah. This is going to be a hard episode to make fun of. (laughs) I... I mean, I, I don't think it is, but I have a very dark sense of yeah, humor. Yeah, up from this to like, I'm sorry, and, and this is the joke I was making earlier about how crack whore Scarface Kaylee is my favorite Barbie in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's totally possible to make fun of it. It's just like, you have to go in dark place. Ugh. But Anne, you're right. She is the most self-aware out of all of them. Iteration of Kaylee? What he means. Right. Well, she she's is, also she's yes. also the one that when he tells her everything, she's like, so what do you have against me? Like, yeah, let's assume yeah. this is even real. You fucked my life so bad that now I'm here? No. Stop fixing it. Stop helping me. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. She is the best. I agree. Yeah. Crack, crack but, uh, Barbie is the best. <laughs> uh, okay. Sorority Kaylee. Uh, uh Sorority Kaylee's okay. She's still no, making ex- hate her. she's making excuses for her psycho ass brother though. Yeah. The one that was just like, Oh, I love you, but you've got a baseball bat and you're about to beat the shit out of my boyfriend. Right. Yeah. And you already destroyed his car. Fiance at that point. Yeah. He, I suppose, yeah. yeah he also, had just popped the question. Fucked up. And I'm yeah. sorry. She was raised in an abusive household. She wasn't the subject of the abuse, but she watched her brother. Yeah. regularly get subjected to the worst possible possible abuse. I would be protective too. Like, Again, a sane place? No. Yeah. Does it come from a very human place? Absolutely. I agree. I I still do think that he was in love with her though, like yeah. in a, in a romantic way because when Will Evan sh- thought if I thought that maybe he was gay coded and had attraction to Evan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, interesting but I question. Like, a, like a, a possible interest in that. And the only indication I really had an idea of that was Tommy then hard pivoting into Christianity. I was just going to bring that up. But... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, interesting. There are so many characters in here that I would be happy with an entire movie, like just based on each of them. Um, you know, the, I found myself that there were a lot of situations where 
it wasn't as bad as is eyes wide shut which i hate that movie because it was a movie where the main characters watch walk past open doorways with much more interesting movies happening inside them <laughs> um but this Sorry. movie had fascinating characters and some some ideas that i really wish they had explored more and my biggest example of that is when evan beats tommy to death <laughs> uh you can see that that is the influence of the new life, same as when he treats the pledges like horribly. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the new life kind of coming through. Well, but he was not treating them horribly. That was the thing. No, no, no he does. He, had he, a he yells at them he, like that moment where he goes through the Greek alphabet. Right. That right, is right, his. Right. He's, he got slips it, out it. of the stuttering and stammering and yes. like, uh, okay. I don't know what you're, I should be you're right, doing. You're right. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then the next moment that that happens is when Tommy's on the ground and he grabs the bat and he kills Tommy. Because. Evan that we know would have stopped the frat boy Evan takes over yeah but they never explore that again in the movie and I really really wish they would have um you know like especially when he doesn't have uh his hands um he just seems like everything is brand new to him he has those memories he has the ability to move around and to do even if it's intrinsic you know um but the movie only does it for that one timeline. I really wish they'd explored that more because I like that. You could have easily made a at least a season series out of this movie. Oh, absolutely! And explored everything a little bit more, and I think it would have made for probably a lot more interesting, um, an interesting piece. Yeah, but you couldn't do two thirds of this movie as a TV show. <laughs> That's fair. Well, now you could. Now you could, but yeah, yeah. I not mean, in, like on... Not in 2004. Not on, yeah. you know, like yeah. on Netflix or Max or whatever. Right. But yeah, in, in 2004, you could not do this yeah. as a TV show. Oh, absolutely. No, there, no. there are too many things that are being addressed that just wouldn't be allowed on TV. All right, everybody, let's get a little lighter. <laughs> All right. Thumper versus Letty, go. Wait. Who do you prefer? <laughs> Thumper or Lenny? Lenny, Thumper. oh. 1,000%. Oh, yeah. I have to go with Thumper. 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 Yeah, 100% Thumper. <laughs> I mean, Lenny's an, he's. I like actually a, had, a like, a little bit of, like, oh, but I really like these parts of Lenny, and I like these parts of Thumper, and I was going to have this whole talk, and everybody's like, Thumper. <laughs> no. You know why? And I'll tell you why. Because Lenny is is influenced. He's, he's like a, he is like a, leaf in the wind mm. depending on what happens around him thumper is true in fact thumper's the only oh. person before kaylee that tells him don't do this shit yeah right if this is something you can do and you are true about it don't fucking do it yeah like take your life as is right and he is also the only character the only character who is like I am who I am. You want to fuck with me because who you think I am? Stop it. He's got some serious ICP early 2000s shit going on, too. <laughs> well, whatever. Whatever his aesthetic is. Those are good fucking people. Now they are. Who would have known? Yeah. Who would have ever predicted? But yeah, I mean, you know, whatever his aesthetic. the same across every iteration. Like, there are small changes. But he is that same core person that's willing to accept Evan for who he is and help him in his struggles. Right. Right. Except when he's in frat mode. Right. Except when he's in frat mode. Then he just says, fuck off. But he deserved it. Yeah. 
Right. I hate Greece. <laughs> Again, not the country, not the people. <laughs> Greek fraternity and sorority life. Fuck all of them. This feels like unless, a unless it's a social group. Yeah, I mean, okay, Mia culpa. I mean, I was I was in a social group at Cornell, but frankly, we were mainly a band of people together to be able to afford a keg. You know, yeah. sisters got a drink. <laughs> pricey man yep and we needed to have someone who was tasked with bringing the keg to the party and owning the tap you know we just we just needed to establish roles we really weren't a a sorority we were just there to you know make sure everybody knew what they needed to do I guess I have a similar experience but in like psilocybin mushroom tea nice Well, we didn't have an official position for that. <laughs> was, it was the person that came to the party and said, hey, drink this. Like, <laughs> mushroom tea for everyone to share? That's not a um, common thing? <laughs> we, we didn't have like an elected position for that. Maybe because we didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> um, the one note I have here is... Uh, Never show this movie to Chidi from the, uh, the... Mm. <laughs> oh my God. You will find it horrifying. Yes, it would make his brain explode. You put the dynamite <laughs> in the mailbox and it then makes again, it taste bad. Five minutes and then nothing would happen. It'd just be him sitting there like, what should I do? He would, he would, he would get as far as the mother and baby getting blown up, and be like catatonic the rest of the time. Like right? Lenny, yeah, like Lenny. He'd be like Lenny. Uh, this take the cat to like a whole new level. It's like save, save everybody, including the cat. Right. Uh, so we touched on it before with uh, with Scarface, uh, Crack or Barbie, um, but I want to talk about the best actor in this movie, and that is. Amy Smart fucking yeah. right, rules in this Only movie. Only one with any subtlety at all. Well, and she has to do so many different... ...with his whiskey and camcorder, and I was like, he's fucking making kitty porn, isn't he? And Will just looks at me. It took 30 seconds. I was like, motherfucking child pornographer. Same. Same. Like, She's I saw, I'm like, Eric Stoltz, I like love you. Him. <laughs> The mom, the single mom's leaving the kids. Yes. Uh, a kid with oh yeah. Kids. He's drinking. He's got it a had, camera. It, yeah. Oh, it's a it had now. Big, big kitty porn energy. But Eric Stoltz, like, bless him. I love Eric Stoltz so much. But bless him for like, oh, you want me to be? Oh yeah, that dad. Okay, yeah, all right. Eric Stoltz is also one of those character actors. Where do you? Okay, when do you think of Eric Stoltz' first movie that comes to your mind? Elephant Man. Elephant Man. I honestly, after seeing this, I can't remember him in anything else. I know I've seen him in other stuff, but I'm just like I'm kind of wonderful, but I'm '80s trash, yo. Well, Mask and the Back to the Future. Right, right. Mask. Sorry, Elephant Man. Mask. Yes, yeah. yeah. Sorry. What was the second part? Mask and the Back to the Future version with Eric Stoltz that never came to be. Right, because because yeah, Uh, for me, it's the prophecy, like. I, I was wondering, yeah, I was like, I don't remember him from anything else, like, before I knew him from the prophecy. So, um, yeah, mask, because I am the old trademark 
Um, Mask was the first thing I think I saw him in. And but he he made Cher is in that Cher is his mom. Oh great! Yeah, Um, it was like kind of a ridiculous movie because I'm like, oh Cher, all right, whatever. But it's really good. And good actress. Yeah, and and it it really made he made a huge impression on me as an actor as a child in that movie. Yeah, he's very good. I said some kind of wonderful because I'm pretty sure I saw some kind of wonderful before I saw Mask, but still saw he's like I don't know that it's a subtle performance, but it's a lot more vulnerable. Plus, Mary Stuart Masterson's really hot in it. So, also the drug dealer in Pulp Fiction. I, I yeah, yeah, I just also, noticed that. I'd, yeah, I'd like to point out that um, bring a dead bitch into my house. Oh. <laughs> I still I can't watch that scene. So I watched it the first time I watched Pulp Fiction, and every time since I'm like, nope, no adrenaline shot. Let me. Oh know yeah. What I'm doing. And I saw that movie in the theater, and I was like, I was sitting next to a person I know, and then a person I didn't know, and I was grabbing both of their arms. <laughs> that's a reasonable reaction for that part. Like that's yeah. a lot. I have goosebumps right now. I'm like, oh yeah, no. <laughs> I, I would just like to point out that I I have just made a terrible, terrible mistake. What's right. your mistake? Um, I looked up Eric Stoltz just to be like, what? What else would I have seen him in? Because like, yeah. he, he's fucking just, everything. It's just stuck in my brain he's now. He's a after character actor that's he in, is, yeah. yeah. But I was just <laughs> scrolling through like the, the, everything that he's been in, and y'all ain't gonna believe this shit. Um, he was in a movie called The Passion of Ayn Rand. <laughs> oh, no. oh, oh my! Fucking poor people? Is that a movie about fucking? I <laughs> don't know. It came out in '99. It was a TV movie, um, and I think we may have to find this thing just to. We'll have to wait until I'm done because my next audiobook I'm actually going to listen to Atlas Shrugged. I, I, see, I feel I like I need opposition research. It's like reading the Bible. Like I, I got to know what's which going I've also on. done. Yeah. yeah. The Bible has way more entertaining passages than Ayn Rand ever wrote. Now. There's a lot of fucking in the Bible, man. Yes, there is. <laughs> well, there's a lot of, I mean, you know, there is a lot of beautiful poetry in the Bible. Ayn Rand Again, can cold. kiss my actual butthole. Can I, can I ruin a little bit of your day? Can I ruin a little bit of your day? Helen Mirren played Ayn Rand. Oh, I think no. I know that, I think I knew about this movie. I, if, 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 I I may have actually seen it. I would need to see it again because I think I've blocked it. It was on TV, you said. Yeah, apparently it was a TV movie. In 99? In 99. So back to Amy Smart. She's amazing. <laughs> and should be in way yes. more shit. But she's uh, still active. Apparently she's in that Stargirl. Like, she is in Stargirl. Yep. Still active. Yep. Like, good on her because a lot of people don't maintain that kind of career. And yeah. and moving it back to our discussion earlier, uh, Joshua Jackson was offered the role of Evan for this fucking movie. <laughs> I'm gonna be very honest. Had it been Joshua Jackson in this movie, I would have seen it when it came. No out. shit. No shit. <laughs> I am a Pacey simp, and I don't apologize. Hell yeah, Pacey for life. Also, Fringe, which was undercredited oh, for being so an amazing fucking show. If you like sci-fi and you have not seen Fringe, check that shit out because it is like if the X-Files was all about like only pseudoscience episodes. 
All right, so the aside is, I turned to Bear and I said, who is Pacey? And he shook his head, I don't know. Dawson's <laughs> Creek. Uh, <laughs> he's he's, he's not Dawson in Dawson's Creek. Okay. We love you, Dawson! Uh, You're everywhere and nowhere, we Dawson! Love Dawson. Dawson's uh, terrible. We love Pacey. My wife is deep in the creek knowledge, Dawson's I think. Dawson's the worst. Safe, deep in the creek. Safe in the creek. <laughs> Deep in that creek knowledge. Listen, and all my friends watched it, so I had to watch it. And all my friends were like, Dawson, I'm like, he's a fucking creep. What is your problem? Busy Phillips, the only Busy Phillips, the only actor to be in both 90210 and The Creek. Really? What up? So high. Oh, I didn't watch either of those. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anything else before I get to this director's cut? Oh god. Oh, I'm sure we'll have more to say, so go right ahead. <laughs> All right. So, the director's cut has six minutes worth of scenes. Um, in one of them, Evan and his mom go to a palm reader, who looks at Evan's palm, says he has no lifeline, and that he was never supposed to be born. His mom gets super upset, and they leave. Um, when they go outside, she smokes a cigarette and tells Evan that he had two. she had two stillborn children before she had him. There's also a scene in which Evan finds an old hospital record, which indicates that his dad and his paternal grandfather both suffered from the same blackouts and had the same ability. This means the trait is genetically passed on from the father to all male children. At the end, while Evan has barricaded himself in the office and he plays the home movie, it's not a home movie of him meeting Kaylee for the first time. It is a home movie of him being born. Um... So, just as his mother was giving birth to him, Evan travels back into his mother's womb and strangles himself with the umbilical cord. The future is instantly rewritten, with Evan removed from the timeline. Everyone seems to be leading a normal life. His mother is heard saying that she had three children with a different husband. Um, so, uh, yeah, she's, and they show her with a different husband. Um... Kaylee and Tommy go on to live with their mother and stepfather. Gletty grows up normally. Kaylee marries happily with another man while Tommy graduates and mentions the sacrifices made by parents for their children. Said to be the original ending, but it did poorly with the screening audience and the theatrical ending was chosen for cinema release. Hmm. I wonder why. Did the director, like, graduate from college with a degree in nihilism and then decide to write a movie? About Who is that the director? Or... Oh, that's just fucking dark. <laughs> that's dark as fuck. That's nihilism I... to the end degree. The nothing matters. Is... What I do matter. Nothing I do matters. I'm just going to check myself out. That way I no, co- no longer cause anyone director any harm. Two. There's Eric Press and J. Mackey Gruber, who also wrote, yeah. they both wrote the movie as well. Ghost of War. Uh, Ghost of War was written by Eric Bress, and Final Destination 2 was also written by Eric Bress. I, I am, color me, absolutely not surprised at all that at least one of the Final De- uh, Destination movies is written by the same dude. Yeah. Didn't you just say you didn't know what Final Destination No. No, her. Jen me. said she didn't know what Final Destination was. I was about to say. I mean, say, I know what it is. I haven't seen it. Don't write just because I I've haven't never. seen it doesn't mean that I am completely uh, culturally unaware of what the bullshit I mean, movie is. I mean, anytime you want to sit around and get drunk and abuse your eyeballs, 
Let me know, and I'll come over and we'll sit down and watch a couple of the Final Destination movies. I have <laughs> many Sharknado. other movies Fun. that I will show you. <laughs> if you want to, if you just want to make yourself feel like you are really uncomfortable in your own life, we'll just watch some French absurdist movies. Uh, I've I've already seen um, yeah, the for a dream and pie. So. <laughs> He's the creator of Kyle XY, which I think was on like ABC Family. Yep. It was just this <laughs> about like a hot alien. Nice. Oh, it was like a it was oh, like a dang yeah. it. I thought it was about like a trans child. That would have been no, so much better. It was an alien with well, okay, fuck you for saying that. Yeah, never mind. And no I'm, belly button. I'm politicizing things right now. Oh, so yeah, that's actually my preferred ending. What? <laughs> yeah, I find that that ending, that ending, like I said, like I said earlier, that ending ties things up really easy. I like the one where it tied things before you traveled back again because you was selfish and became a quadriplegic and literally everyone else was happy. What you can't say because you're not happy. Yes. You yeah. <laughs> everyone else is an arguably the best version of their life. Right. Because you're in a wheelchair. You're gonna be all sad. And make also, why was he in a wheelchair? Because he didn't have hands. See now, I think there was some other. There was something else because there was. Some, they said he never, right? Yeah, yeah they he never showed him standing. Um, yeah, they never showed him standing. I maybe there was damage to the spinal cord. I don't know how that happened, but again, this movie lacks any subtlety at all. So it couldn't just right. be that he has no hands. Look, you take. They a- had to take it to the extreme. I have no legs. Away from a blockbuster explosion, try to be normal. Well, well I mean, honestly, as close as he was to that uh, mailbox, he really should have been dead. Yeah. yeah, just saying. I mean, at first, that the idea him. that the most damage was to his forearms and hands, yeah, is ludicrous. I mean, just because he put his arms up like this, shrapnel doesn't care. No. <laughs> oh God! All right, are we ready for final three questions? I think so. I think so. Unless we got any more observations we want to make. Anybody else want to throw anything out? Last last chance. (laughs) Evan, did you have to roll a one on your last conversation you had with Kaylee in the prime universe you were at? Oh my god. So funny. I'm going to kill your entire family. (laughs) My only other note is when I wrote down when we were watching the movie, because it was the first time so I was taking notes, was is it time travel or is he a schizophrenic? Maybe it's Maybelline. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so we started when they played Jimmy Eat World, and I was like, "Don't ruin Jimmy Eat World for me, please." <laughs> <laughs> okay, this soundtrack is 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 a great soundtrack. I will say, yeah. it's a it's if you like early two thousands music, this is a great soundtrack. Also, if um, you're a teenager and uh, you weren't expecting boobs, hey, they're boobs. Yep, <laughs> there's a random shower scene. I forgot about it. Not very good boobs, but okay. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, there's almost complete nudity. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So first question, entertainment value. How much did this entertain you? Me, because I actually like stories and like, I like, you know, how it can play off narratively. I'm going to give it an eight out of 10 for me, but you're such. Yeah. I'm yeah I'll, I'll be about that. I'll be about an eight out of 10. I also fucking love a dark story. On a scale of melodrama equal to a soap opera, excluding Days of Our Lives because there was no demonic possession or aliens. Carry the one. 
That's seven. <laughs> On a scale of normal entertainment, and this is a scale of 10, I'll give it like a four. Yeah, I, well, I kind of have a caveat because the night that Josh decided we needed to watch this, um, I, I had to, I was um, hosting for my employee resource group at the end of Pride Month. We watched Disobedience which is, if you haven't seen it, you should. It's an amazing movie. Um, Rachel Weiss, Amy McAdams, but it's about a woman who leaves her Jewish Orthodox community in London um, to be her true self, an artist, what have you, and then returns because her father dies. So yeah, you know, really lighthearted, <laughs> whatever. So I watched that and then came downstairs and watched the butterfly effect. Oof. So yeah, um, I think that my brain was already in a fairly like confrontational, re reflective. No, really reflective. Oh, yeah. Very like I was probably in a more vulnerable spot than I normally would have been. So the butterfly effect really hit me hard. And yeah. so I would I would be like, whoa, entertainment value. Two, <laughs> but I think that looking at it, as, you know, from my normal perspective, you know, yeah, it's dark. But I also like that you called back Anne to Donnie Darko because I think there's a lot of things that I feel like could have been done differently that I enjoyed more in Donnie Darko than I did in this movie. It was so much more subtle, even yeah. in the sacrifices that he chose to make. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that gives it, and it's not fair to like do, you know, value across movies like that. But to right. me personally, that gives it more value. He quietly gives up his entire existence yeah, for the sake of everyone else. And you don't even necessarily get that the first time you watch it. I know so many people that were like, I had to watch that three times before I understand what he did. Right. And this so... Uh, you know, perspective, again, you know, I think you're right, Anne. I, I'm not sure how fair it is to compare movies across movies, but, you know, I think that it was a little too obvious in places. And so um, a long-winded way <laughs> for me to say, you know, I think at the highest, I could say it's a five for me. Uh, honestly, I think I'd probably give it uh, maybe like a six, six and a half, because I think the acting was all good. Like, we had good actors. We had great, some great, yeah, some great actors. Character actors yeah. in this movie. Yeah. Um, I think all the acting was good. I think there were parts of the storyline that were great. Um, I think there was some of the writing that was absolute garbage, but you're going to have that, especially in the 2000s. Um, in, in the vein of, like, stuff that I watch, yeah, this is probably about a six and a half, maybe a seven, absolute tops um it's it's something that i like now that we have it on the voodoo account maybe i'll go back and watch it again when i'm feeling sorry for myself you know <laughs> but i've i've watched my way through euphoria and if you want a downward spiral you go watch euphoria that's on my like, list actually oh uh watch it in bits because damn um all right it's a thing so i'm curious for you bear on the scale of time travel movies that you've seen. I actually appreciate this one. Because um, there are consequences. Right? Yeah, there's absolutely consequences for your actions. 
there's no they're not necessarily global consequences they're not like you know like huge world altering events um like you said we have this localized timeline that has changed um and it's it like you can't he can't use it to make excuse you know the writers aren't using it to make excuses the writers are using it to go oh hey here's the thing you fucked up and they, you can actually point out to all the things that he fucked up every time he went back mm -hmm. because he said maybe you should treat your daughter like an actual loving father maybe you should discipline your son Beat the shit out of your and son. then yeah yeah and then the son turns out to be a raging psychopath in the next iteration. So, like, there's a lot of it that actually makes sense. Like, there are actual repercussions, and they make, a, you know, there's a logical progression to them. Okay. Uh, second question, the science uh, involved in this. So, it's a genetic condition yep. that cert a certain bloodline has. Definitely not the worst we've seen. It actually right. has an explanation. Yay, we're starting the X-Men up. Yeah. <laughs> Moira McTaggart. <laughs> uh, so yeah, thoughts on the science or, or how they how they dealt with the time travel science aspect. They didn't really they deal didn't with really... the they didn't really deal with the time like the science of the time travel. They right. dealt with the physiological like the after effects. Yeah, the physiological yeah. after effects. This reminds me a lot of uh, one of my favorite books, Slaughterhouse Five. Um, so which is on my list. Oh my god. So the main character is unstuck in time. He he will be sitting here talking to you and then all of a sudden be six years old again. But in that book, he can't change anything. He knows his entire timeline and just knows that this is how this is going to play out. I am just here to, yeah, uh, I am just here to be an actor like throughout this. Um, it involves some weird things, but it all started because uh, uh, Kurt Vonnegut himself was in uh, Dresden when the firebombs, when, when it was firebombed. Oh. Uh, and so he wanted to write a book about that. And it ended up as Slaughterhouse Five because Kurt Vonnegut's a weird fucking dude and I love him. Um, this is a version of that where he's just unstuck in his own timeline, but he has some sort of control and he can influence it. Um, so it's kind of the next logical step. So I guess the science for me, I'm more willing to accept because I already have this sci-fi building block in my mind that I can just make the next logical step from. So I guess the only thing I, I agree with you, but the only thing that I was had in my head was, well, if this is genetic, why do, why is there a negative repercussion for actually using it? And there's where I'm going to come in. I, and again, I'm also a huge fan of Kurt Vonnegut and Slaughterhouse Five. And I really enjoy that starting point and had not really, drawn that comparison until now, but I, I hold Kurt Vonnegut separate from, from how I hold a lot of other <laughs> Right, right. Um, God bless you, Mr. Rosewater is still probably one of my top three favorite books ever. Mm. Just, oh, uh, I love it, it so much. And I, and I should add really quick, while somebody's like, oh, I wonder if there was a movie of Slaughterhouse Five. Do not watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Naked Lunch movie. Just do yourself oh. a favor and read the fucking book. Yes, right. please. Yes. Audio God, it was such are a fun. Audio, audiobooks are audiobooks reading are fantastic. the book. Yeah. You are reading I'm, the book if you listen to an audiobook. Do it. Be good to yourself. I can't so, listen to audiobooks audio because I'm so picky about the narrators. So I have But a, I, I still, I just don't, I don't know that this movie works for me. Yeah. Okay. And 
I don't know quite what to put that down to because I do feel like their performances were fairly solid. I think maybe a little of it was they went so much with that like early 2000s like jump cut energy in the editing. And a yes. lot of, like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. It is, like I said, it is very early 2000s. Very. I feel like this could have been a good movie and a good exploration of time travel. I feel like it felt lacking in a lot of ways and fell short of what their initial intentions were. And I think that that shows through to the science as well. I feel like they put in an explanation and they tried to put in some supporting stuff. I don't know that it amalgamized into a whole that felt satisfying for me. I'm going to agree with Bear. If this showed up this year as an HBO Max or Netflix miniseries, yeah. or, or, yeah, I would watch the shit out of this. Yeah. I, I would at least give the first episode a chance to see if they expanded on what was trying to be done in a better way. Um, you know, very I, ambitious. Yes, absolutely. Especially for 2000, 2004. Well, I mean, my whole, I think going back to, to my comments about why was there brain damage for using their genetic thing. And I feel like there was, it, they, it was added to be like a threat. I think there, are, there are also genetic debilitating diseases. So, well, I agree, I mean, but, but yes, that's fine. But I feel like the whole, like, oh, it's, it's affecting your brain in a way that can kill you was, you know, an unneeded threat. Like, you know, do I go back and try and fix this or do I kill myself? So I took that or and in a, in, in, and I took that information from a scene that honestly I didn't like. I don't understand why Evan is so chipper when he's explaining to the doctor. Yeah, like, that was all the stuff weird. like all of a sudden he's really, really chipper weird. in front of his mom and in shit, a wheelchair. And it, it was yeah. so fucking weird. But the uh the knowledge that came out of that was it's not necessarily the time travel. It's the second life that gets jammed in his synapses mm. afterwards. in in seconds mm -hmm. afterwards, because he actually says, he goes, Oh, cause I put 40, it's like I put 40 years worth of memories in my brain in an instant. And the doctor's like, I mean, yeah, like, he, <laughs> like there's no way that he would describe it that way. He's just like, there's a lot of information or something has happened to your brain that caused it to hemorrhage. So it's not the time travel that's doing it. It's the change that then right. hits him. And that causes his brain to hemorrhage because his brain is like, okay, I guess I got to store all this now, but it doesn't have the capacity to do it. My thought on that whole chipperness with the doctor is, He's going to a psych ward. His mm. dad was locked there for life. I've had to deal with a lot of psychs and, you know, different people in my life. I have made a joke of my pain so many times so they don't lock me up. Mm. Okay. So part of that read to me like, everything's fine. I'm fine. You don't have to lock me in a straitjacket. I'm fine. Just let okay. me live my life. I'm fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I'm fine. No, I, I like that. Also, another idea for Evan might be again masking but also as soon as he makes this appointment effectively go forward he can get back to another journal or some other way to figure this shit out right um but also yeah they have to put in some kind of legitimate threat towards him either because right now he's god yeah technically yeah. right yeah no they, they actually talk about that yeah right. he is god 
and that and that I guess was my my thing. It's like, well, evolution. If he's not the first of his line to right. have this ability, how has you know? Perhaps he is the evolution, and it's just like, oh yeah, you get this brain bleed, but it doesn't affect you until you do it so many times. Maybe it killed the first person who had this genetic ability the first time they used it. Who knows? Also, because yeah, uh, the mutation is not perfect, right? Right, right on the first iteration. Right. Yes. Also, very subtly, but why I liked that his father died immediately after their interaction because his father could have also had the idea of going back. Yeah. and either killing Evan or killing himself. Um, mm -hmm. And so they take that uh, that uh, loose end out immediately. I did like that. As I start to look at this more, and I will admit, now that I've rediscovered it, I will probably watch it more. Um, I want to go back and, and nitpick. Um, I know that yeah. there are certain things that are going to just be loose threads, but they did make an effort to try and up some of them i was gonna actually bring up one of the other things about you know the the medical drawbacks of this ability um reminded me a lot of if you ever watched the series alphas yes the the mutants that yeah everybody had you know everybody had a mutant power but they were also like tied show. to yeah. um loss like a loss way. so like the the person that had the ability to heighten any one of their senses to superhuman levels lost all of the other four right so like they could hear you know 10 blocks away you know almost a mile away but they lost their sense of sight their sense of smell their sense of touch um their sense of taste while they were doing it right so somebody basically had to watch them to make sure you know yeah uh and the guy, yeah, that, the guy, the guy that could see all waves radio wi-fi yeah, everything else was autistic. Yeah, the guy that had the complete, like, could see the entire electromagnetic spectrum was 100% autistic. The guy that was super strong. Was he nonverbal? No, he was totally verbal. He was, he was verbal, Bullshit. but it was, it was, <laughs> it was on the spectrum so bad that it was hard to, it, it was a very a lot of good times, early portrayal of autism. A lot of times he, it, they portrayed him as trying to verbalize the, the waves. The, the, data streams and the and the the electromagnetic electromagnetic waves he could see right because he knows that so he was trying to explain it in the same way and it, it was actually like i said you would really like uh, um, alphas and then like the, the guy, super strong the guy super yeah. strong guy that had, had a heart condition so you can only use your super strength for so long and you're risking cardiac, cardiac arrest yeah. <laughs> and he, like always carried a yeah. bottle of nitro pills on him because like yeah. If he overexerted himself, he could have a heart attack. No, that's a good, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Um, and, and I do prefer that because, I mean, really in the X-Men universe with, the, with Marvel, the, the counterpoint to having these powers is no one fucking likes you and you are the new trans, gay, black, right. like you are the new minority for people to hate. Which Unless you're was, rogue and then you're just isolated by yourself, like, well, fuck, can't right. touch anyone, just kind well, of sit coming up all the time. People, people do still hate rogue. They just they they hate her in they're the way that good. racists hate attractive black women. You mean in the way that they want to fuck them? God. Yes. Yeah. Self-loathing's a hell of a drug. Sure is. 
All right, last question. How does does this even affect the space-time continuum? Nope. It's very small, minute, minute at yeah, least in my observation. Yeah, I agree. I agree, Well, It's super, super localized. Well, and also looking at it as the movie... Okay, so this is what I was excited about with this movie. Because the movie's first half is it's not about time travel. It's about a kid that experiences blackouts. Mm. And you don't get to that until Evan starts to go back and fill in the the blackouts. Yeah. So this is an entire story. This yeah. this was already written. As it is presented to us, it is a beginning to end. Everything has already happened. So you could argue that this fate has already been determined. Sure. And that's why it doesn't mess with the, the time-space continuum. Not just because it's localized, but because... It's it's encapsulated. It's it's just this series from beginning to end, and that's it. Right, but I mean, the premise of the movie is, I mean, the whole butterfly effect right. is that all of these um, waves, even though he went back and fixed it for his localized people, every time he did this could have had bigger ripples. Out. Absolutely. And I think that's the consideration is like, you know, he fucked with the timeline so many different times that the ripples are at cross, you know, you know, we don't know where the one ripple intersects another and how that affects the overall timeline. So then do we go back to the back to the future episode where we say, okay, well, they're just then separate timelines. I don't think you can. I mean, the, what what's established in the? I I, I don't know. I like, think I think no. Physics time doesn't exist linearly. It's it's right. a river. Right. It's all right. around us. We experience it on a linear basis because that's the only way our minds can interpret it. Right. Maybe they got a little overly ambitious with picking the title because yes. when you're using the title of something called the butterfly effect, where we're implying. That the global the butterfly's wings can cause a typhoon around the world. They're setting us up for expectations that they don't deliver on. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. I, I also agree with that to a point. Well, go ahead, Will. No, I had an idea. Different director's cut. It's Evan walking past <laughs> Kaylee in New York City, and then a meteor fucking drops on everybody. In. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Waves everybody up. I agree with that. Oh, you saved everybody, huh? About that boom <laughs> boom um i agree with that your, your theory up to a point because they do show like during the different iterations him making small changes and, and like just in the little things that he does or says that that have the impact specifically when he jumps back into the kitty porn scene mm -hmm. and he says treat your daughter you know actually be a loving father and treat your daughter right and discipline your son well that had a, a massive effect on his future now did they take it to a global scale no should they have yeah probably yeah show show me how even the smallest ripples affect other things but that that also takes a miniseries mm -hmm. you can't do that in the amount of time that this movie had well right. precisely yeah and and just as a as an example of how those tiny ripples could be bigger is in the in the iteration where Tommy is Christian and he's whatever, like there are missions, there are other people outside of the story that could have mm -hmm. been 
benefited by Tommy. Who who Evan then fucks by being like, well, I'm not happy, so. Right. But also, on, on the flip side, in, in those iterations where Tommy is just a fucking psychopath and running around doing crazy shit because, you know, like they, like the scene in the movie theater where he just beats the shit out of people because he's mad, that can go out much farther because, I mean, you know, Tommy's out in the world. He could be in encountering people and just fucking their lives up. You know, that's another right. way that it could be. And so I think in a small way, the movie kind of nodded to what those smaller ripples were. I think the best case scenario is just to kill George. Just kill the dad. <laughs> oh, I'm like, who's George? <laughs> Sorry, like, where character. are you going to do that? How are you going to do that? Are you going to do that in front of the kids? And then they have PTSD. Oh, right, right, right. Well, I mean, but, but Evan already We're watched his dad die. So, I mean, Evan has that trauma no matter what. Right. I mean... You know, I think the energy in this movie is very early 2000s, late 90s, where the the characters that you see, like, especially the main character, I mean, of course, it's the main character is the most important person in the world for that story. But this had huge energy in that direction, you know, because he had the ability to impact many people's lives many many people's lives and you know it was just more about what you know made him happy or what he thought should so i'll say right now uh, uh netflix we the five of us will do this series season one we'll get it in the can for five million that is nothing to you. we will uh <laughs> we'll go ahead and write everything we'll get a good director uh right. somebody up and coming like oh i don't know my friend steve phelan uh, or or uh, Chad uh, Chad Peter, you know, just people that I know that uh, we give us five million. That is nothing. Uh, if we make it back in the streaming uh, numbers that you will never share with us or anyone else, uh, <laughs> we will get a season two. Uh, I think uh, we have someone here on our writing team that fucking despises time travel. <laughs> so that's, so that's, it a, up, I'll know. <laughs> that's a good step one to have somebody that's reading shit and being like, this no, motherfuckers, no. <laughs> I don't want to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> that is an ugly panda bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I would not um, fuck up with a koala's dick. Then the main actor will like do something either, you know, like he'll be like, no, I don't like the way this is being written because I was a fan of the source materials. And then we be like the shitty producers and be like, we can replace you with a different actor that takes less money. Right. Well, mm -hmm. first of all, we're going to get fucking Joshua Jackson. Yeah. Is what we're going to do. Yes. Because right now he's, uh, what, what is he doing? He's doing the, the fatal attraction, fatal attraction. Yeah, fatal attraction show. Yeah. Granted, that, there's not a lot I wouldn't do to make out with Lizzie Kaplan, but like, come on. Right. Well, so. it's already been made. Are you going to boil bunnies again? Because that was a pretty strong statement. Right. Also, Joshua Jackson is not a, a college student age. I mean, we would. You have don't to need a college student it. age. You got so much more life to fuck with if you don't discover it until you're in your 40s. Fuck right? this whole teenager early 20s shit. <laughs> Fuck all of that. Well, I'm tired of it. Okay, but that's fine. But you're you're also then ex excusing an adult, a grown ass adult, making decisions without any 
consideration for consequences. He was a grown ass adult in this. He's over eighteen. No, oh, fuck you. He's fucking eighteen. A forty-year-old versus an eighteen-year-old making the same decisions. No. no, Jen, I love you so much, and like we have good people around us. But have you seen like eighty percent of the fucking world? Oh, there are so many middle-aged white men that would fuck so much shit up if they discovered they had that ability late in life. I know. And you have more room for consequences then. Because you have 40 years worth of consequences. I gotta tell you something. I would fuck the first two iterations up. I'm I'm 45. I would fuck the first two iterations up. That's... Like, the first two times I hop back, I'd be like, what the ever-living fuck is going on? If people on the show have not seen a picture of my wife, I'm just saying right now, I discover I can time travel, I'm not fucking doing it. I'm not messing (laughs) with this. This woman is amazing, and there's nothing I'm going to go back and fucking do. Thank you, baby. You right, you right. But that's why I preface that by saying we have good people around us. But- well, okay, that's yeah. true. There's yeah. a lot of people that are going to be like, fuck my life, fuck everything. Yeah. I think if I had this ability to have, I would have that, uh, the Homer Simpson freaking out in the tree horses, tree house of horror scenario. <laughs> got the time machine and he's just screaming, don't touch anything. I'll touch yes. Smashing shit. Who <laughs> <laughs> would accidentally create the worst possible timeline just out of sheer overload? This yeah. is not a good place. <laughs> All right, any final thoughts on the butterfly effect? Hi, I'm Evan Traborn. Welcome to Jackass. <laughs> 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 Welcome to Time Jackass. Oh, if you're looking amazing. for a happier version of this, watch About Time. It's 2013 rom-com. Oh, it's really? Great. Yeah. Okay. Josh will watch that. Forget He'll fall it. on that sword. I sure <laughs> will. I don't remember much about it. Billy Nye's the dad, and he's like, I have this ability, too. I jump in the closet, and I can jump back, but it changes things. And then the lead character <laughs> I'm sorry. hang out with Billy Nye while he gets cancer and dies. You just said jump in the closet. I right? know. That's where I'm like, I can jump in the closet and jump out, and it changes things. And I'm like, damn closet. straight, it changes things. Also, it's Billy Nye. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Uh, our next episode is uh, tragically and sadly our last. It is, and it will be Bill and Ted's Excellent yes! Adventure. Yes, cheerful, y'all. Palette cleanser. Yes. Yeah, we went the darkest, and now we're gonna go the lightest because we went like the opposite way of Jen when we watched this movie. By the way. We watched it and then specifically held back the most recent D20 Dungeons and Drag Queens episode to watch after so I could make myself happy after all the fucking trauma and tragedy of this movie. No, yeah. that does remind me that we do need to watch any of that. So yeah. is it yeah, YouTube? There's only one episode out so far. It's really cute watching Brennan. Oh, and it's Alaska Thunder Thunderfuck, right? Yeah, it's going to be probably like five or six episodes is yeah. usually how these minis run. They're about like two-ish hours a piece so far bob the drag queen and icon i want to play with them like Yay! the descriptions the details so good fantastic also, brennan lee mulligan is basically teaching the drag queens the process of how to just play and it's like that's a d20 
you're going to be rolling with advantage, so you'll get to roll twice. Oh, nice. Okay. It's teaching them the basics. It's yeah. so beautiful. good. That's beautiful. I love we, it. We may pop that on uh, as a palate cleanser to Superman and Lois later today. Oof. Highly recommend. All right. Uh, well, everybody, thank you. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, please tune in in one week. Uh, <laughs> uh but also exciting news on the graphically novel front. We not only have our Superman episode that we're working on right now, but we have a Hulk episode that we're working on right now Woo! because yeah. we will be working on that we will be working on because we actually had uh, a an author or a, an agent for an author reach out to us, and he will be writing the new uh, Hulk book, the Hulk Worldbreaker Legend Icon. Is I. I think it's what it's called. No, he has written. He has written. It's, has it's written going it. to come out. He's going to be doing publicity for right, it. Right, right. So, so yeah. we will be yeah. interviewing him yep. as part of our Hulk episode. Uh, so exciting things on the forefront. Um, and then also uh, I got confirmation this week that Rec Conversations is coming back. Woo! Uh, Leia and I will be doing that. So Anybody that we know or don't know, please write retconversations at gmail.com or hit me up if you know me, and we will explain any weird-ass comic book storylines that you don't want to read for yourself. You just want it explained, and you want to be able to commentate during that entire time. Uh, we have done some fucked-up storylines and we just want to do more. So we just uh, want to save you from yourself having yes. to read it yourself. Right, right. Leia and, and I will take Marvel that brunt. Writers of the past. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, we have so many still, uh, and more just keep coming out. Uh, like we just had, uh, Sins of Sinister just came oh. out, and oh man, it was it was fun. Because I love Sinister, but it was it was a lot of glam. It was a lot of fucking glam. Because everyone is Sinister, and Sinister is everyone. <laughs> well, as long as I get to use Disco Ball mirror tape, I'm fine. There you go. Uh, but until then, take it away. I fight dragons. Take money, don't take fame
rough.